Good morning, Wilkinson here. Today I'm with Scott Vitale. Good morning, Scott. Good morning. How you say hi to my peeps? Hey guys, how's it going? We're all good. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I think I did that once before. I got a. I don't want to get into a groove of doing that. So Scott and I are new friends on Facebook. We started chatting, and he has a little bit of a story. So we're gonna see what it's about. So tell us a little about yourself. What's your story? So Wilkinson and I, we got together on Facebook not too long ago. My story is mainly about my weight loss. And during my 20s and 30s, I slowly gained weight and just became morbidly obese. And then in 2017, I went to my doctor for my annual checkup. And at that time, I was over 300 pounds and I'm five foot six tall. And so my doctor said to me, he says, um, Scott, if you don't do something, you're going to die. And I kind of in a, in a smart alecky way said, well, you know, doc, we're all going to die. And he says, no, you're going to die soon. You know, at the time I wasn't feeling great. It, it was painful to get out of bed. I was on a lot of medications for high blood pressure, high cholesterol. I had sleep apnea. I had a CPAP machine. Um, you know, all these, all these things that just kind of tied me down. And so my doctor recommended that I go see a bariatric specialist, which I did. And so I went to this bariatric program. We lived um, just outside of Rehoboth Beach at the time in southern Delaware. Um, so I went to see the surgeon and the nutritionist there. Um, the surgeon was great, but I give a lot of credit to Kim, the nutritionist. She she was great. You know, six months before I had this bariatric surgery, she taught me how to eat. She you know she she listened to my lifestyle. My lifestyle at the time was my husband would come home. I've been working from home since 2015. I'd need to get out of the house at the end of the day, so we would just rock up to a bar somewhere and have dinner. And I'd have a beer, I'd have a starter, I'd have a main, and sometimes I'd have dessert and another beer. And so I was, you know, just at dinner, I was consuming a day's worth of calories, essentially. What was that, about 2,000 calories? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why? No Big Macs? No. Okay. <laughs> Bar hamburger, you know, right. things like that. Yeah, the good stuff. So the, like I was saying, the nutritionist there, she she listened to our lifestyle and she she was actually a little concerned about it, especially because we were going out probably four or five nights a week eating like this. And so she said, you know, you know, Scott, I'm not going to tell you you're never going to have pizza again. I'm not going to tell you you're never going to have hamburgers. I'm not going to tell you you're never going to eat ice cream. She said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you how to eat it properly and give you the tools how to do that. And I listened to her. I took her advice. And we don't always see eye to eye on everything, but... You know, even just eating how she taught me how to eat, I lost 45 pounds before having surgery. And, and it over, wasn't- Over what time period? Over six months. Okay. And, and during that, even while I was losing the 45 pounds, I wasn't hungry. It was just, I was just eating differently. And we, we took all the carbs out of the house, the bread, the pasta, the rice, you know, just the potato chips. We just got rid of it. So you had no carbs? At first, no. But then, you know, I'd, I'd slip a carb in here and there, uh, like a kitty scoop of ice cream, for example, or, um, you know, uh, vodka, cranberry, you know, it's just, just little things like that. I essentially did cut out bread and cereal. So my go-to breakfast while I was heavy was a big bowl of cereal in the morning. And so instead I would have eggs and you know, just protein, as much protein as I could. So just eggs? 
Right. No toast. Doesn't that get boring after a while? Yeah, sure it I, does. I've tried that. <laughs> <laughs> sure it does. You know, and, and so and then I'd throw in a protein shake now and then, things like that. It did get a little boring, I admit, but, you know, I, I, I wanted to lose the weight. Um, I felt that would be best for my situation, and so I did as best I could. And, yep. And then in November 2017, I had I had bariatric surgery. I had what they call a bariatric sleeve. And essentially, they cut away two-thirds of your stomach. So your stomach is really small. So I couldn't physically eat a lot of food. And again, that's where the nutrition counseling came in. She says, so you're not going to be able to eat a lot. So eat your protein first. And that's... You know, I had to eat my protein first. I also had to take vitamin supplements. Um, I still do take more, probably more vitamin supplements than the average person, just to make sure that you know all the levels are are correct and everything. What would be your typical lunch or dinner then or now after surgery or? Uh, well, do it both ways. So, well, after surgery, my typical lunch or dinner would be just very small portions of po- protein, essentially cooked meat. I like steak. I like I like uh, pork. I could squeeze in a vegetable. It, it it was really difficult for me to eat uh, any large amount of food, like anything bigger than what could fit in the palm of my hand. Yeah, just very small portions. Did you have three meals a day, or did you? Beef it up. I actually had more smaller meals. So, and I still do. I, I snack a lot. Um, and so my, I, my go-to snack became cashews and that satisfied the, the salty craving that I would have that potato chips in the past would satisfy. Whereas now it's, it's, you know, I'll get a little, little tiny ramekin and fill it up with some cashews and just snack on that. Um, so, and, and yeah, so, you know, four or five smaller meals, just when I'm feeling hungry, really. So you lost a total of what? So my high weight was 312. I went down to 155. So half my body weight. So, uh, yeah, I lost over 155 pounds and I've been steady now for the past couple of years at 165. And that's my, my ideal weight. How has your life changed? Well, it's changed quite immensely. My career, I had been in IT tech support, which was which suited me just fine. Being um, a bit of an introvert, being somebody who doesn't like to be in the spotlight, uh, somebody who doesn't like to give presentations, um, IT tech support was perfect. You know, I could I could work with my clients if I had to talk to my clients. It was usually on the phone, but most of the time I didn't have to talk to my clients. Or or if I did go to a client's site, I was usually dealing with like-minded people, tech guys, you know, in back rooms and in the closets and everything, just fixing everything. And then after surgery and after losing the weight, I think my self-confidence level grew. And of course, my my appearance changed drastically, uh, so much so that people who hadn't seen me sometimes wouldn't recognize me. And so my the company I was working for offered me a, a client-facing job where I would do technical project management, which involved meeting with the clients. Often, you know, I, was, I was traveling a lot, maybe three, three weeks out of four every month, and I'd have to run workshops. I'd have to run, um, I'd have to do presentation. I'd have to run training sessions. And, and that all was client facing and me standing up in front of people talking. 
And so that changed. What also changed was my activity level. When it didn't hurt to move, I found I really enjoyed moving. So uh, before we moved to Palm Springs, when we were still living in Delaware, I joined a, not really a gym, um, now I think it's called a HIT class, H-I-I-T, where I would go and to a, to a class, um, an instructor-led uh, fitness class, and I was going at 6 o'clock uh, Monday through Friday every day. And so for 45 minutes, I'd have an instructor tell 6 a.m. or? 6 a.m., yes. Okay. An instructor would be telling us, the class, what to do. So Mondays and Wednesdays were cardio days. Tuesdays was arm day. Thursday was leg day. Friday was kickboxing day. That, of course, ended during when COVID started because the gyms closed. And what started, well, actually a little before COVID is I took up bicycling. And that is now a big thing for me. I am, I, I am a road cyclist. I did the AIDS life cycle ride from San Francisco to Los Angeles this past June. I'm signed up for next year, and that is pretty much my my outlet. And so I enjoy it. When I when I started bicycling, I I asked a friend of mine, former colleague, that he, we're still good friends. I he's he's a cyclist, and but he's a mountain biker. But I asked him, you know, what can you tell me about bicycles? You know, and his first response was, um, Scotty, this is I would never have expected this question from you. <laughs> and so that's <laughs> yeah, that's my passion now, really. And doing doing the age life cycle, you know, not only do I get to ride my bike and have that 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 fun, it really is fun. Um, but you know, it's it's for a good cause. Like this past year, the, all the cyclists and roadies together raised over seventeen million dollars for um, benefiting the San Francisco. In that that one. Right, that, that one ride, yes, with seventeen mil, seventeen million. Wow, yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it hadn't, you know, it hadn't happened in the past two years. The ride, and everybody was, you know, really gung ho to get. It seemed this was my first ride. My first ride was supposed to be in twenty twenty, but this year was my first ride, and everybody was just on on ball on the ball. Well, were there more riders? Actually, no, I think there were less because there was a cap. There was also some concern from some some people about um, COVID in in during the ride and in the camp. Um, you know, and and so they they there were a lot of new apparently new. I like I said, this is my first year, but new safety protocols in place to try and stem the transmission of COVID. But I believe there were some cases or people who picked up COVID during the ride. You know, nobody nobody became deathly ill. How long is that ride? It's five hundred and forty five miles. Whoa, over seven days. Oh, seven days. Seven days. Yeah. And so they set camps up. Yes. So it's, it's, and they describe it and then, and it really is a traveling city. So, um, you know, Santa Cruz, King city, and then a few other cities, San Luis Obispo. I can't remember exactly where all the camps were, but it's essentially, um, you know, anywhere from 50 to 110 miles a day. How many riders were there? Do you know? This year, I believe if I remember correctly, there were 2,400 riders or 2,500 riders, and then a support crew of, of roadies who 
are all volunteers. They're volunteering their time to essentially feed us and and transport our gear and make sure that we're safe. And you know, the ride couldn't happen without the roadies. Right. Yeah, the logistics of that must be a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's some project management. <laughs> oh. What do you miss about being overweight when you were when you're heavy? What I miss about when I was heavy? Yeah. Do you miss anything? I can't think of anything now. What's the best thing now? Just the activity level or what? My life is really different. Yeah, that's my personal. The the cycling is great. And I've met some really wonderful people who who I ride with. Not only have they become my friends, um, yeah, they they become my mentors and coaches and 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 things like that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it. It's just really gives me joy. What's been the process with your husband? Has he supported you or, or what? So he has. He, he has been always there from the beginning of the journey. He went with me during that first meeting with the nutritionist and you know, we got home that night and he, he started grabbing the pasta and the potato chips and all the stuff that I was not supposed to, I was not supposed to eat. And he said, you know, I'm not going to eat it either. He's supported me. Did he lose weight in the process? He did. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. How much did he lose? I don't know. Maybe, maybe 20 pounds. He wasn't really overweight and he's still not really overweight. So it's, it's, yeah. Were you heavy when you met him? I was. I am not the same person he met. I am not the same person that was his husband for 20 years. You know, not only have I changed physically, I've changed mentally. You know, my outlook is different. And, you know, sometimes... That does put a strain on our relationship. I will admit that. How so? I think because I tend to be more outgoing. Um, than you were? Yeah. Like, I don't want to sit at home. I want to go out. Is and he an extrovert or an introvert? Is he an extrovert? Right. Yeah, or, he, is. He, he, he is. Okay. So now we have two extroverts in the same house. More or less. I'm not an extrovert. <laughs> I am not an extrovert. <laughs> well, you're way more social. So, I yeah. am more social than I was. I admit that. And maybe that's, you know, and that could put a strain on our relationship. I have this shirt. It's, it's a red polo shirt um, that I wear sometimes. And he calls it my look at me shirt. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Maybe we need to get him in here and talk about this. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> How about your friends and family? What how they how have they adjusted or what's happened? So yeah, my, uh, my relationship with my family is is I uh, interesting, I guess, in the sense that I there's no problems with my family. I they they accept me as being gay. They have always supported me, um, and I sometimes feel that because I am the oldest grandchild of my generation, that they all kind of look after me. You know, regardless of what generation they are, whether they are the older generation, my generation or the next generation, the family itself. But having said that, we don't really get together a whole lot with with my family or you know, our family to the extended family, maybe once or twice a year. Are they all back east? They are. And Eric's family is up in the Bay Area. Um, they were also very supportive. Um most of my friends are very supportive and actually I, that's not fair all of my friends are supportive sometimes i get a little kickback saying you know you you're losing too much weight you need to stop losing weight you're getting too thin that's just i think part of that can be based on personal preference and sure everybody has a body that they need to be comfortable in and whether you're thin or not thin or overweight or 
big. Maybe you have overweight's the, the wrong word, but whether whether you're big and if you're comfortable with that, that's great. I just was not comfortable with that for me. But you apparently were comfortable until the doctor said you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, let's talk about point. that. That's a good so, point. I was so not, you were you had to be comfortable, or I was just physically uncomfortable. Mentally, yeah, I was just like, yeah, okay, this is who I am. Okay, so you did accept yourself that way. Yeah, I didn't. You found but out. I, didn't, I didn't like it. Okay, you know, if I look back at it now in hindsight, I don't think I liked being heavy. Not not just because of the physical aspect, but also because of the mental aspect. Had I not been heavy. I mean, I might, I might not be here today. Who knows? Why? Well, I, my life could have done a, taken different trajectories. You know, I could have taken that job or this job that you know I would have been more comfortable with. Or who knows? You know, maybe before I met my husband, maybe I would have been promiscuous in in the 1980s. Maybe I would have come out sooner. And I tend to have a somewhat addictive personality. So who knows what what might have happened. So biking is your latest addiction? That is. <laughs> <laughs> How about the general gay community? How have they responded to you? Do, you? do you have a lot of, are you involved a lot with people or not? Um, You know, and, it, and it's interesting because the general gay community doesn't, like here in Palm Springs, because we moved here after I had lost the weight, they don't know me as they don't know the heavy Scott. They only know the the present Scott. And it's funny when I pull up my phone and show pictures of of myself when I was heavy. Um, no, wow, no, I no, this they can't believe it. Essentially, you know, I don't I don't look like the same person. And, you know, so so in general, I think the gay community, the people I I know and socialize with. They, when they find out the story, they are amazed. And, you know, I've, I've even had requests to tell my story to somebody else, you know, here locally. And it's, 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 that's, it's, it's a supportive response. It's always been supportive. But when you're talking earlier, you thought maybe you'd get some pushback from this. Well, so, so some people, I guess there, there are certain communities. I mean, uh, you know, the, that's the wonderful thing about the gay world. There's something for everybody. And here in Palm Springs, that there is definitely something for everybody. And some communities like heavier men. And I get that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. And, and so, you know, it's being thin is not for everybody or being I don't, I don't consider myself thin, but yeah, it's not for everybody. I want to, I want people to understand that if you're comfortable in your body, then that's all that matters. As long as you're comfortable, that's what matters. Right. Regardless of, of the shape or size of your body. And you don't kill yourself. Right. Because you're, it creates health problems. You know, if that's, you know, that if, <laughs> if that's the life you want to choose. And again, my doctor said I would die young. Um, so I chose to try to not let that happen. Right. So how do you like Palm Springs compared to what, Delaware, you said? So, well, yeah, we love Palm Springs. And we've been coming to Palm Springs for quite a while. We bought our place here in 2018, and we moved here in October 2020 full-time. Even though I'm from the East Coast, so when I was 10 years old, my family moved out to Cupertino, the Bay Area. Um, my husband's from Santa Cruz, so we'd always planned on coming back to California we just came back sooner and we also picked Palm Springs because we wanted that that little bit of distance between 
us and my in-laws. <laughs> Close enough to visit when you want to. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they can't just drop in. Right. <laughs> so, so yeah. And Palm Springs is great. We like the climate. We like the fact that, oh, the snow's up there when it does <laughs> snow, not down here. <laughs> and if you really want to go to the snow, you can get in the car and go to the snow. Yeah. You know, the heat during the summer doesn't really bother us. This summer, the humidity kind of, I hate the humidity. And this summer it was pretty bad, but nah, that's life. Where is perfect? It seems like anywhere you live, just about, there's something that's not good. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, Seattle and it's gray and rainy all most of the year, or mm -hmm. the heat here, or the freezing cold somewhere else. So, yeah. Although San Diego, they say, is pretty good, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, and, 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 and it could be for some people, I do like, I do like warmer weather when right. it gets, starts getting up into the nineties and hundreds. I'm like, yeah, this is fine. As long as it's dry. And when I was working, I was working East coast hours. So, you know, two or three in the afternoon, I'd be off work. So I'd, uh, it's like, okay, I'm done and go sit out by the pool, uh, find a shady spot by the pool and just, just chill. And then, you know, then it's happy hour and dinner time. So you said, as long as you're happy, no matter what you look like. So if someone's listening to this and they're not happy, what would be your advice to them? If they're overweight and not happy, um, I would suggest they seriously consider bariatric surgery and not only bariatric surgery, but nutrition counseling that I give counselor Kim a lot of credit for for that, for seeing me through the surgeon. You know, he just he, he cut away. I just say just he, he cut away two thirds of my stomach, but really my relationship with the team is with Kim. Talk to a doctor. I had what's called the bariatric sleeve. There are different surgeries one can have. Um, one of the possible downsides is that your stomach does grow back. Mine has grown back. It's grown back to where I can now eat a normal size portion at a, at a sitting, a meal, a normal sized meal, essentially. Um, and by normal, I mean not a huge American, what... <laughs> Right. But a so normal. You need a French meal. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Right. So that would be my advice. You know, seek it out. But also, not only the nutrition, but to once you lose the weight, become active because um, it really is the chemicals, the endorphins. And it, it's like, you know, it is an addiction, but it's not a bad addiction. And so that'll help you as well. Okay. Hopefully that'll help somebody. Yeah, I hope so. Well, thanks for coming in, Scott. Oh, I appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me, Wilkinson. It was a lot of fun. Okay.